1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two. Yeah, <laughs> part um, two of Nerdcore: the past, present, and future of nerd music, uh, brought to you by Nerdy Show listeners. Unexpectedly, this episode turned giant size with all the history that's teeming and spewing out of Hex's pores. We we come back. Is to that you. what it is? Yes. Oh, I need uh, to exfoliate more. You, oh yeah, you do. Drink some antioxidants, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, <I> <laughs> All right, with us we have John Hex Carter. Hi, I'm Hex. Triforce Mike. Cap. And, and still with us for the long haul is Mr. Huge
2: Adam Warrock. Hello. Z I, from, I, have li- I, have no, I have no life. Z from Hipster Please. When I'm not please. touring or making an album, I have no life.
1: <laughs> Z escaped during the uh, the intermission to, to get away from all the crazy things happening. But, it, doesn't he but he,
3: he'll show up again. During uh, Question Answers. Through the magic of editing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a Galdap for that?
3: Through the the magic of editing.
0: uh, By the
4: powers of Adobe Audition, I condemn
5: you.
3: (laughs) 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 I like it. (laughs) And uh, the track you just listened to was Hexadecimal Genome. This Otherwise track
1: known as the John Hex Carter theme song.
3: Uh, it actually predates like I didn't know about this until well anyways. It's the song you were conceived to. Now, I shot if it was done in 2006 by Bit Shifter. I was done you in You were a la-
1: very big baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you still are.
6: <laughs> You're what, 6 years
7: old? <laughs> 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 It's about your nap time. I will
6: smash you all. So this segment,
3: we are going to talk about quality control because, strangely enough, the, the whole concept of quality control uh, is rampant amongst all of the
1: nerd communities. Mm-hmm. There, there's you, get, a- you get enough people in their bedrooms doing whatever the hell, sooner or later, you get a glut of complete bullshit.
3: Well, it's, it's interesting because nerddom itself is all about inclusion. Everyone is invited to the party. Everyone yeah. can come. You can be yourself. Like
7: and uh, then, like then, fan fiction is a, a big example of that.
3: Rule. Like, <laughs> see, oh, reference OCAD for more details. <laughs>
7: Megan <laughs> Man Two <laughs> <point> oh. oh.
3: <laughs> Help me, Megan Man. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> and and then to music. With music, there's this as it's a craft, as it is art form meant to be consumed production value
1: is important so there is a eventually if you do if you're if you're someone who's putting a lot of blood sweat and tears into a project and particularly a, a project involving a community of people and you put all your effort in this you don't want the low production values and the this kind of amateurness of the, the community at large bringing you down and your project down. It's just kind of a natural thing. It's kind of like the same, <laughs> the same way that uh, that MC Lars often separates himself from Nerdcore is very much the same thing as how OC Remix decided it was important to start, you know, filtering the content by panel. Right.
3: Nerdcore in two thousand, late two thousand six, early two thousand seven. Well, actually, before that, Oh Ram Volume Three, Beefy said, "I'm an, I'm done with this. I mm-hmm. enough of this crap shit that you guys are putting out." Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, like, I wasn't a part of the community yet, but I was seeing that. It, it always recirculates. People, like, it was a big thing in 2007 or 2008 with Rhyme torrents. then, where people were like, no, we need to make sure that we're inclusive to everyone, but we also need high quality stuff. And people were like, but that's not my thing. My thing isn't high quality. Yeah. And w- w- while we're talking on uh, the, the topics of uh, uh, production value and nerdcore hip hop, Adam, what are your thoughts?
2: It's <laughs> a, a pretty broad question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. It's funny because I, I've actually talked about this with Michael Kill of the Thought Criminals a lot um, when we work together. Because one of the things that you see a lot of is people who don't understand why either they don't understand why they're not getting more attention or f- acclaim or they don't understand why they're not getting better. Right. Whatever, like as rappers or writers or beat makers or producers or DJs. And what you have to understand is that like if you came up, like, you know, I made music since 1999, right? 2000, maybe something around there. And I I, back then I just made straight up indie hip hop. I was in college. There was a scene where I was at and, you know, you would go to open mics and, you know, you would go to freestyle battles or you would do freestyles at parties in front of other people and I think a lot of what technology and the bedroom kind of rapper mentality is, has, what's left out of that is the shame that you have to face <laughs> from a community of people who will tell you when you suck, you know? And boo you off the stage. Yeah, and if you, and if you are somebody who has a true love of something or you have a, a modicum of talent inside of you that, that there is something there, it's just not honed, you will get better by doing it. And you don't sit back on your, you don't rest on your laurels and, you know, make an album that you think is good and then try to press a YouTube video or, or an album or an EP on people that doesn't ha- that is old or that isn't your best stuff. And I mean, I'm still doing that in a very public way even now with the, the track log on my website, which is, you know, a lot of the songs that I release are ideas or things that I want to try out that I don't care if, people like it or not i'm glad that that people do but if you don't like it you can delete it and there's going to probably be another song in another week i think that the 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 quality control can't come from this like it's hard to say that because like you can't be in a a closed-in community and have quality control because everybody knows each other in there to a certain degree right like a a lot of it has to like that that's why when we said earlier about knowing the history of hip-hop and growing up with it and like understanding what it used to be like is that to be good you had to you had to prove to other people that you were good you didn't get an app you didn't get an avenue you had to jump in a freestyle cypher or like jump on stage and battle somebody and you didn't know you had never seen this person before in your life or you had never rapped here before in your life and people would say you know you're trash and they would you know push you out of the circle or you would get shamed and you'd feel horrible about yourself or or you'd have the moment where you like get the crowd to cheer for you or you win a battle and like that feeling is as good as any drug out there and you want to do it again and it's like I feel like that's something that's missing with quality control is because you can think the things that are so good in your own mind and in your own room, like you can think that's so good. And when you give it to the public, I mean, it works for me too. Like I can think this song that I make is so great and I I put it out and nobody cares. I can think a song is a joke and I just did it in literally half an hour and I put it out just like to have something to post on my site and it becomes like the biggest hits that I have on the site. like. You don't get to sit in your room and control what is good and what's not. It's not your choice. You know, like, you make something and you have to make it public. And if people don't like it, you have to accept that and go back and make make something new. I mean, that's that's the way it is. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people, they spend their time thinking that other people on the, in the community are wrong because they've already convinced themselves that a certain song is good. When in reality, like, you know, there's no, like integrity, authenticity, whatever. There's no like artistic integrity. You don't get to sit here and go, "No, I'm going to make a stand. This is great." Like, no, if people say it's bad, then you go back and you make something that you hope is better. Yeah, it's trial like, by
1: fire. You run the gauntlet or um, Exactly. Yeah, and, and I your think the peers a large- <clears throat> decide if you
2: if you really survive it. And I think that's that's the difference in the web versus Commercial product and you know like things that used to come out from studios and labels and things like that. You know, like you were told that this new whatever House of Pain record. I don't know why I went to House of Pain because I actually liked House of Pain, but you were told that this Onyx record is like great and it's marketed to you in the source and in all these magazines and it's on poster boards everywhere in, in New York and you see it and then there's a video on MTV and you're convinced it's good. And so you're like, I guess I'm going to buy it because it's good, right? But like on the web, anything anybody creates, whether it's a podcast or it's a blog post or it's an article or art, like you don't get to decide what's good. All you get to decide is you put it out there. And if people think it sucks, it probably sucks. Like even even if you think that the audience that it's going to and that it reaches is totally wrong, well, that's your audience. And... Even if you think they're all completely one hundred percent wrong, they're still your audience, and you still have to kind of know how to play to that, or you got to find a new audience. And you it's like,
1: be a, a learn to be critical, and you got to learn to uh, criticize yourself.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to let you to let go of being precious about all that stuff. And I mean, a, a lot of that comes from the idea that people decide that something's great before they put it out, and it's like you you have to kind of disassociate yourself with that notion and say, no, nothing's good. And nothing's bad until you put it out, you know. Like once people say it's good or say it's bad, that's when it becomes good or bad, and you don't get you don't get to criticize that opinion that forms of it. That's the opinion that forms of it, and then go back and make something new. Don't 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 complain about other people's opinion of your thing if they don't like it. Make something the next time that maybe they'll like, or make something the next time that is so good of its own merits that even if some people hate on it other people will like it you know
3: hey, we uh, in the forums there is uh, this this whole segment kind of spawned from a discussion on the forums which culminated in this great quote by our pal Max Acree in regards to what it takes to become a nerdcore rapper now you just need a nap a laptop and internet access and have to have seen star wars at some point
1: Yeah (laughs) And and it it spawned from the original question Which he he asked and then was responded to In a variety of ways Well he said something that's always puzzled me about nerdcore In general is the widely varying quality bar This may make me a bad nerd But I feel like I can claim certain artists I'm into But not necessarily the genre as a whole Because of this Do the artists make anything like that kind of distinction Amongst themselves or am I just a terrible person? No, you're not a terrible person, Max. Uh, every community
3: has this fight over what is quality, what should be accepted. Nerdcore is surprisingly more welcoming than uh, other
2: communities. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. the, the,
1: the, bless the it. <laughs> the,
2: the difference between, I don't know, because I don't want people thinking of what I just said means that I think that people shouldn't make content, right?
3: No, no, quite the opposite. Like, yeah, you're you're more of this, like, make it. Put it out there, be receptive to crit- critique, which is yeah. the last bit that so many people usually have this response of no. Like-
2: I just hate, I hate, I hate reading people or hearing people, whatever, reading, I guess, on message boards and forums or, or people who just complain about why they're not more successful. Right. If, the second that <laughs> you complain <laughs> about why you're not successful, that's why you're not successful is the, the act of you complaining about why you're not more successful. Like your response to not being successful should either be to quit or to get back make to something so great that you will be successful. And if you don't have the confidence to do that, or you don't have the vision or the, or the perspective to do that, then you shouldn't do it unless it's just a hobby, unless you just want to make crappy whatever music and just like have fun with your friends, which is fine too. But if you want to like seriously be an artist, like, you have to actually believe that you're going to make the greatest thing in the, like in the history of time every time you make something and i know that's completely egomaniacal and crazy but there is a part of that as a rapper that you have to think i'm going to make the best this the best thing you know like if you're uncomfortable with the amount of time it takes to get to that point where people acknowledge how good you are because it is a long road you should quit because there will be a lot of people who tell you you suck there will be a lot of shows where nobody buys your shit There'll be a lot of shows that nobody shows up to and there will be a lot of times when people don't care because there's – because people don't care in general about most stuff. You know, like that's – you don't – you, the person making that crappy music, probably don't care about 80% of the things that are shoved in your face also. So like you can't blame other people for not caring.
3: Speaking of of not coming out to the show, and I don't know if... Have I told the MC Frontlot, MC Lars, Optimus Rhyme show story on there?
7: Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've told it on air, but I'm familiar.
3: But it's basically in May of 2007. So Frontlot is already going solo. Lars is going solo. And Optimus Rhyme, uh, you've heard Optimus Rhyme. You know how awesome they are. Yeah. They're on tour together, and I get to go... And the closest they are to me are either Portland or Reno. No, Portland, uh, it's uh, Reno... Or San Francisco. I'm living in Northern California at the time. And we're like, well, we can't do San Francisco. We have plans the next day, so we'll go to Reno. San Francisco show sold out. Portland show sold out. Seattle show sold out. We're like we're excited. It doesn't matter where we're go, it's gonna be sold out. Yeah. Reno, it has this capacity of like like I could have held Nerdopalooza last year there. Hmm. Like it was a big <laughs> that was a thousand plus people. Yeah, that was a yeah. This place there were thirteen people, including <laughs> me and the four guys that took with me. like it doesn't matter how big you think you are
2: some places you're nobody yeah there's three things that i always hang my hat on when it comes to like making art right is i've heard like advice from three different places right number one is there's one of my friends who's a writer who now works writing for video games and he was a very successful comedy writer before that and when I first quit my job to do music full time, he, he we were talking on IM, and he actually told me he was like, you know, I think, you know, I think you make really good music, and I, you know, I really hope that it works out for you. He's like, here's my advice to you: from here on out, for one straight year, you're gonna eat shit, and everybody eats shit for the first year of them trying to do the thing that they love doing, because it's just a natural, it's a natural thing that happens when you're trying to make a name for yourself in anything. You eat shit. Nobody comes to your shows. You're bleeding money. Nobody cares. You get crappy reviews. Nobody returns your emails. Nobody returns your phone calls, you know? And nobody has ever, he told me, nobody's ever succeeded without getting through that first year of just straight up eating shit. And that, him telling me that advice was the greatest thing ever because every time I had a bad show, every time that nobody cared about something I did, I just reminded myself, oh yeah, this must be that eating shit thing that he
5: told me. About. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, that, that was a very helpful thing to remember. And then the, the on the opposite end of the spectrum, my very good friend, his name is Kurt Franklin, he makes a comic, Let's Be Friends Again, a webcomic. He said that at the end of the day, you know, if you have made one person's day a little bit better, he's like, you really can't ask for more than that. Like, you should be thankful that you got a chance to affect one person's life in the smallest way because most people will never have that chance. So, like, you know, you have these two ends of the spectrum where it's like, yeah, Remember, you're going to constantly eat shit. It's going to suck. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's like you get that chance to do something that not a lot of people do and you should always feel good about it. And that's why everyone's always miserable who's an artist because you're always (laughs) completely like oscillating between these two zones and all like you feel both at 100% at every single time and it just makes you like a frazzled mess because you're like always fighting against yourself to feel one way or the other. And then the third thing is I read an interview with an actor who said that the three reactions anyone should have, an actor ever has to being directed differently in a scene by like a director in a movie, the first reaction you should you, you should feel is, fuck you. <laughs> the second reaction you should feel is, I suck. And the third reaction you should feel is, okay, how can I do this better? And most people never get to that third yeah. style.
3: Great story. There's this uh, amazing musician that works with Shell Riley with the double ice back named uh... A tie. He also goes by Suzu Mabachi on uh, O C remix. Pretty accomplished now. He's and he's he's highly regarded as one of the best producers in the
1: video game scene. And and if the Double Eyes Backfires album is any testament to that production quality, holy shit. Yeah, no he's uh, Songs from the Pit, I I don't think I've gone on the record of saying it, but oh my god, it sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's pulled out all the stops, and he's
3: really made it sound good. And when he first popped up on the O C remix scene and he produced some music, saying, "Hey, could I have some feedback? I love him, but he's uh, he's he's got an ego and he's an asshole." Mustin, his immediate response is, "Never make music again. <laughs> Stop what you're doing and go find something else you're passionate uh, about." Mustin, you big bag of love and hugs. And and Ty just took that. And he's like, "Wow, one of my one of my idols just told me that what I'm doing is wrong." Cool. Okay, how can I get better? Yeah, yeah, and that's
7: that's the right answer. Though.
1: I'm huge the uh, the the process you were saying about the the actor the three tier thing. I mean that that happened to me on multiple occasions. Like entering, I guess, college in like a kind of a writer's circle and seeing that you know doing what I was doing and what I was like getting by on in high school because was like, oh yeah, you're great, sure, awesome, and then and then you know being around other people who were at the same level or better than me and and kind of feeling like realizing nobody got what I was doing like and it was kind it was my fault and and having that entire you know circle of that if you if you're not if you've never completed that circle yeah then you need to consider working on completing that circle <laughs> cuz
2: yeah, you're not you're mean, not going to be cool, good at what you want to be good at the cool thing about that circle is that you know that the actor that said it he's giving you permission to feel those first two stages because that's also something that you should definitely feel like you should say fuck you like no i'm not changing you know like because you should have confidence in yourself then you should say i suck because it should be like you should feel bad like, yeah should humility bad should set like in and then you should say all right how do i do this better and then the next time you do it you'll be better and it's like Going back to the original question, which we've gotten way far off of, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's tough. And I've talked about this with a lot of people who are successful on the scene. It is, it's tough being an artist who's trying to make a living in a scene where every, everybody in the community, almost everybody in the community wants to be a creator. Yeah. Because it makes an audience that's very, very critical. Because it's like, if you are a peer of somebody, you're much more critical than if you're just a fan of somebody, you know?
3: If I if I had d- just an iota of musical talent, you know, I'd be trying to shove it down people's throats. But uh, <laughs> I am fortunately talentless when it comes to music, and so but you're a
1: very talented facilitator.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, but I mean at the same time, it's like do you know like it took, and I wish Z was here. This is funny because when I when I first started making music, I I didn't know what nerdcore was. I mean, I knew Frontalot and Lars and Chris. That's it. Right. Right. I didn't know really anything about the genre when I made War for Infinity. I wasn't very intimately aware with a lot of stuff. I just made it because I wanted to. I wanted to make something based on my favorite comic, and it was just something I was doing at the time. You know, it took me a long time to come to terms with fully claiming nerdcore, and a lot of it came from having long conversations with like Hex and with Z about. What that meant, because at first all I saw was a bunch of people who were making really bad music <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and complaining you know, about each other. Right. You know, you you, w- you wade into the pool and you listen to some people's stuff, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I really, I don't, I don't make this kind of music so like, I don't know if I can claim it because it's not. That's, that doesn't sound like me, you know. But the more that you f- you start to like get into the community, like that's when I first met In eighty and Beefy and Thought Criminals and all these people. And you start to see people who are very passionate about what they do and you can claim it while still having that sense of like, you know, always expecting better from the people in it. And that's it's like politics, you know, like you can be a you can be patriotic while still like being highly critical of your government. Right. Because of everything that they do, it's the same way. It's like, I'm going to rep this. I'm going to accept it for its flaws and all. And at the same time, I'm gonna always hope that everybody who makes me mu- I'm gonna always hope that the guy who sends me a link to his new music will be another Tribe One. Because that's literally how I found Tribe One. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. Sent me a tweet, check out our video. Like I made this video, check it out. And I was like, this is gonna suck, probably. And I clicked on it, I was like, this guy is awesome. And then I just we started working together. Like I will always hope that the next guy that posts on Nerdcore now will be like another one of those. And if I have to wade through a bunch of people making you know, music that I don't like, that's fine. They can keep making it. They can do their shows and they can do whatever they want to. But if they find their niche and people like it and respond to it, that's great. And at the same time, if you ever come to me and you ask me how to get better, I'm going to say the same things I would say to anybody because, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that like... I make a lot of content and I am very focused on becoming a better MC and a better performer and a better business person about all this stuff. Like that's kind of what I'm consumed with all the time.
1: Nice. And I think that quality control is kind of where we are in nerd music right now. You know, it had to hit that point. It had to hit the point where people said, all right, enough is enough. Like, we have to draw the line somewhere. We have to try to be better. Otherwise, we're not going to, you know, we're just a bunch of guys masturbating in a room together. Like, it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> right. You know, it's good that we've hit that point. It's good that MC Lars is, uh, is making bold statements, even if he's a really sharp guy. Now, the problem is sometimes he says some stuff. Before he gets the chance to Put all the points he's trying to make on the line In fact, we had an interview with him recently Where we, had, we were in an alleyway Behind a venue in, a, <laughs> in, a, in Orlando Where we had Adam Warrock Tribe 1 <laughs> oh, uh, <God>. MC <laughs> Lars, Mega Ran And Kay Murdoch all hanging out it was supposed to it was supposed to just be a one-on-one between uh, Adam Warrock and MC Lars and then the whole goddamn gang showed up and it's amazing uh, <laughs> we're gonna, and, uh, and you know it's something we're actually going to be uh, we will actually play this this discussion because it's a very it's a very good discussion guy it touches on everything it's kind of it's all over the place but it's it's uh, some guys who are at the forefront of their genre all hanging out and talking together so it's a, it's pointing to the conversation so we're gonna be playing that uh, in a little bit, I thought it was just a good good opportunity to, to mention that, you know, Lars has his point in what he was saying about, not not about Nerdcore being a racist, because that, that, I mean, he has his reasons for that, and he'll go into it, but uh, <laughs> but just about, about separating oh, himself man. from Nerdcore.
2: I totally forgot that subject even came up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole tour, that whole tour is a, is a haze in my memory at this point, I don't even remember. But, uh, Hex, what do you think about... Quality control. You, you yeah, have, well, like, I mean, there's some things difference. you probably want to say, don't you?
1: Well, it, it's
3: more of a, uh, at this point, it's an analytic from a, a scholarly point of view, like observing how it works in the other communities. In Nerdcore, there's some bickering, but in the end, they all come back together and, and they're happy. And that's Nerdcore Now was a great example of that, where they had the compromise of of self-censoring, of if you don't feel you're good enough to release something for this album, don't release it. I mean, release it publicly, but don't submit it for this album. OC Remix, because of their stringent view of what goes on our site, created this whole field of different communities. And chiptunes, because of the nature of the beast with them, there's this whole argument of what
1: is pure chiptunes? Are you pure enough for us? Do we care about it? So, it, well, which, like, which is funny, the, the way you end up describing it is, it sounds like like some kind of like natural cycle of uh, of destruction and like and then reunification or or uh, or the land regrowing uh, better and stronger. But then you talk about chip tunes, and it sounds a little bit like we need to eliminate the impurities and. Uh, <laughs> y-
3: y- well, know. I mean, I mean, some communities are like that, and, and like it's 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 more and more. It seems like they they don't care. If you're making bleep bloop music, then they're happy with you. And so, but in the past, it's been like that. And there's still some people that hold that 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 belief that if you aren't of the of the, the pure uh, original uh, architecture, then then they're
1: not interested. We only want the grey Game Boys, no Game Boy colors.
3: <laughs> and then and then there are people who
8: even
1: help you if you have a Game Boy Pocket. <laughs>
3: And then you have a computer, you have communities that are much more embracing, like dementia music and and the fandom, where they're like, yeah, you're you're welcome, everyone's welcome. Let's all have a big party. And the FUMP, even if you're not on the, the the recognizable tier of the the main showcase, they they'll accept any music, they'll accept anyone, and they'll put you on the sideshow, and they'll host your music. It's it's interesting. See how there's like little to no. Uh, quality control in the dementia scene mm-hmm. That does kind of get the reputation of Continuing that feeling of Oh, this is just novelty music Don't pay attention to it Meanwhile, OC Remix is seen as this bastion of amazing music If you want to hear quality video game remix music You go to OC Remix And that does have something to do with the quality control And Rhyme Torrance, the old albums, are a laughing stock because that quality control didn't exist, right? And this is all a hindsight at this point. You can still pick out great gems from from the old rhyme torrents. You can look at OC remix, overlooked, overlooked remix, and you can get Wee Belmont and you can get Magnet Man in his party van. Oh,
7: that sounds awesome.
3: <laughs> like, see, it's yeah. like like there are it, just because something has a reputation of of not having quality control doesn't mean quality stuff doesn't come from it. So it's, it's interesting. It's because of the nature of, of being online, that whole peer review thing, you can release stuff and it'll always be there. You won't have the sink or swim mentality that you will IRL, where a band, if they're booed off a stage, go, well, we just got booed off a stage. Yeah. Meanwhile, online, you submit stuff to a forum, everyone flames you, you go, well, fuck you guys, you're the wrong forum to go to. That's their response. So, yeah. Let's
1: cut to some music. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an extended intro, but this is a very irregular episode, so I'm sure you'll excuse us. You know you know what it is. You know the subject is dense, but I hope you're enjoying listening to it and learning about things as much as we are. Well, uh, since I was talking about my good pal Mustin... Let's, uh, let's play one of his tracks.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, this is from Voices of the Lifestream from a beautiful remix album of Final Fantasy VII from 2007. This is Serenity, which uh, was actually sampled by Mega Ran in Black Materia. Oh, yeah. And that will be followed shortly by what I still call the best nerdcore hip-hop track ever, Fantastic Four, by Dual Core featuring Whitey Cracker, Beefy and Wheelie Cyberman. That was from the 2008 release Lost Reality.
9: Sing a song, and if you're messing with my nerves, I gotta show you that I'm strong. It's a fantastic The show's built So let it be known I rip it like a cyclone Fear in the tone I ain't alone here On this microphone when I draw, Still not swerving not when I drive, when I I drive. drive. Coming northwest Midwest, west We'll match the Point point Road, the show and gears, the clutch, Yeah, hey, I'm an excellent driver, you could call me Corey A. Uh, Fifteen minutes to watch, but no way that I'm missing it. Definitely watching midday. Definitely not working, hurting just to stay away Now we's hopping
0: on the train, man, we in man Time cruising all up on that microphone. Charlie Babbitt, know I gotta have it. Why they crack us straight ball into habit. Grab it's it, Fantastic Four on the mic. And then we're bouncing these sounds up inside your dome. So a C, I, I, to the it in your iPod through the iPhone. We're in your car's tape deck driving home. And it's the Fantastic Four on the microphone. And then we're bouncing these sounds up inside your dome. So a C, I, to the it in your iPod through the iPhone. We're in your car's tape deck driving home. And it's the Fantastic Four on the microphone. And then we're bouncing these sounds up inside your
5: dome. So put it in your iPod through the iPhone. We're in and your car's tape deck driving
9: home.
4: Drive, 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 dri- driving drivin
5: home. driving home drive, 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 drive,
7: mc front a you are of course listening to the nerdy show at nerdyshow.com if you go to nerdyshow.org there will only be porn don't go there well do go there but only if you have to masturbate now
10: to be here at Nerdapalooza this is uh, our first Nerdapalooza so we want to thank everybody for inviting us and thank you guys I know it's been a long two nights so thank you guys for sticking it around till the end This is a song we wrote a long time ago about, uh, about an experience we had our second year at school when our, our friend Braun's sister, Ringo's cousin Ginny, got kidnapped. We had to go looking for her. Are you scared to walk through the hallways? Are you worried that the spiders run away? Are you petrified of being petrified? And are we going to have to save the school again? We've
4: got to save Titty Weasley from the Baselette. We've got to save the school from the battle sea We've got to save Judy Weasley from the basilisk. We've got to save this fool again. Because it's been freaking out all the kids. It even took out Miss Norris. We've got to save the school from
3: What you just listened to was a recording from Nerdapalooza 2008 that was Harry and the Potter's Save Ginny Weasley. And so now we are going to have a
1: a fun question and answer segment. Uh, Where we have resurrected Z from Hipster Please, (laughs) We've blown in his cartridge, shuffled it around a bit, and got him back.
3: So we asked the Nerdy Show forums whether or not they had any questions specifically for this episode. And so we gathered them. To answer them here and now And so uh, the
1: five of us will do our best To give you a consensus answer First of all we had a couple questions From Key West Reactor Yeah, yo. Uh, He says I believe a case could be made That the Beastie Boys License to Ill Was an early nerdcore album Agree or disagree and why?
3: My answer for that is: Do they consider themselves nerdcore? But that's my definition. As right, basically, yeah. it's a self-title. Like would I say that License to Ill was a nerdy rap album? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that that was very influential to a bunch of uh, nerdcore rappers. Similar for the Fat
7: Boys. Yeah, absolutely.
11: Or or Bismarcky. I mean, yeah. If you look True. at it like um like this lovable loser archetype <laughs> for for rap. I mean, that that's very much where I think
2: uh, a lot of that grew out of. Lysandale doesn't have a self-awareness Because I mean they very much are still trying to be like Party rap Yeah like partiers and rebels And crazy kind of Frat kind of guys You know like drinking beer and having parties and stuff So like there's no self-awareness of being a nerd in that music at all It was the screwball comedy of rap albums (laughs) (laughs) And I mean like if you ask me I mean just personally I actually find That's like one of my least influential Beastie Boys album for me Well it's no
11: Paul's Boutique (laughs) <laughs> it's not a
2: fault. It's not a check head. It's not ill communication, which is, you know, ill communication was a huge, huge melding of Beastie Boys with the underground indie-ish movement at the time. That I think is like I think that's my favorite Beastie Boys album, Ill Communication.
1: Next question is, uh, and I guess this one really goes to you, Huge, uh, which is. Do any of those in this industry, which is in quotes, actually make a living at it? Curious if it's totally a labor of love for the groups and individuals or if some or any of them get the payback they deserve.
2: No, no I'm joking. <laughs> it's weird because I get asked that question a lot from people, both in a very curious, like supportive way and both in a like, you know, derogatory, like scoffing way.
7: Get a job, you slacker.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's the only thing I can tell people is that you can break even by doing by, by getting to a certain critical mass with a lot of your stuff. And I don't even think that my stuff is necessarily to the point of what you would call a critical mass, but you can definitely do shows, you can sell merch, and you can break even to the point where like you have the opportunity to keep doing it more. But to make a true living at it, I think you have to have a certain number of things fall through that you don't even plan for like like the way i always tell it to other creative people who ask me for advice is that you can plan for like you can plan like the next six months of your life and that you're gonna do this album you're gonna do this tour you're gonna do this project you're gonna do all these things right and then on top of that on top of that you gotta do press and you gotta do pr and all that stuff you gotta hope that one other thing just happens and you have no idea what that thing's gonna be and it could be getting an opening spot on a tour or releasing some free song or free album or getting blogged about by Penny Arcade or, you know, tweeted by, about by Will Wheaton or whatever. And you can't plan for those things to happen. You can't just, like, pour all your energy into being like, I'm going to get this one blog to write about me because it's, A, that's kind of obnoxious, and B, it'll, it'll never <laughs> work. <right>? Thank you. <laughs> but you have to kind of assume that every single thing that comes your way is going to be an avenue to getting to that thing that needs to happen. And once that thing happens, you're good for the next however many months and then you need another thing to happen. And so, it's basically like, you know, if you work hard and you uh, are prolific and you are willing to put the work into it, which is, it is a lot more work than a lot of people think it is. (laughs) A lot of nuts and bolts stuff that is not fun and gives you a headache in the center of your forehead by staring at your screen all day and writing five hundred emails.
11: Half of those going to me
2: in Eugene's yeah. case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and trying to book shows and trying to get people to notice you. If you work if you do all everything you can possibly do, you could break even, I think. If you if you're good, if you're good to a certain degree, you can break even. And you have to have, and that takes time. That takes a certain amount of resources to start up or a certain amount of comfort in having a certain amount of debt. Which is, uh, you know, some people are comfortable with that, some people aren't. And then after that, if you want to make a living at it to get to this next, like, tier or echelon or whatever, that unnamed blank thing's got to happen. And it's got to happen enough times until you either get, you know, with some sort of professional help, like like an agency or somebody can help guide you, or you breach such a critical mass, like, like, like a FETS vet or something like that that happens, that, you know, you have no choice but to do this all the way because you have enough people that want to see you live and buy your music. So it takes a while. It takes years for that to happen to get to the point where you can break even. But after that, it's it's a very tenuous kind of path you walk on because like I said, you know, it's like you're always hoping that something you don't know what it is is going to happen. And that's like a mad- for some people, that's an that's a crazily maddening thing to always have above your head because it's so unsure. But Sometimes you just gotta have like blind faith, I guess.
5: Yeah, wow.
3: It took, wow. <laughs> took uh, Frontalot from '99 to 2006, where uh, Nerdcore Rising was recorded, to finally quit his day job and start a career as a professional
11: nerdcore yeah. rapper and touring. Well, and then you and you look at guys like Jonathan Colton, who had to you know write a song a week for a year right. to really break through. It's, there's definitely a, a you know blood, sweat, and tears element to it.
2: And I mean, you think about, I mean, like the, the past half year that I had 2011, I think objectively could be said was successful where we had the, the Brown cosmic tape And then we had, uh, I had the MC Chris tour and then I kept on doing shows and I got to perform with, you know, like front lot and for the first time and Lars and Megaran and all these places that was very successful and got me to a higher level, but like now it's starting all over again because that's all kind of died down. I think a lot of the internet is that, and this is something that me and Michael Kill, who was the beat maker on the Brown Coats, and Zeke can attest to uh, Kill's uh, optimistic attitude in life, <laughs> which is not. He
11: is, a, he is a beautiful ray of sunshine.
2: <laughs> um, we actually- I'm just shitting. We, we love you, Kill we, we uh, we've actually sat around and talked about it and we've just been like is there any other way we can get another push on mixed mixtape because A, we're really proud of that project. We think it's like some of the best music we've ever made and B, it has the, the backing of, of a large amount of fans and it had a huge, it was a huge thing for us. I mean, it, you know, Nathan Fillion tweeted about it, but we kind of had to just accept
11: the, the, fact rabbit, that like, the rabbit. The rabbit hip hop heads at Reader's Digest.
2: <laughs> Reader's Digest blogged about it. Wow.
11: Um,
1: yeah. You didn't which, which, hear about that? No, I didn't hear
11: about that. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous.
1: You but, are um, the big times now. My grandmother might know about you now.
2: When <laughs> <laughs> all, all that to happen, we kind of had to accept after numerous discussions that I guess that thing's time is done, you know, like, and it was done in five months. Or even less less than that, maybe like four four or three months. And now it's you know, it's it's what do you got for me what, what have you done for me lately, lately? You know? That's kind of the attention span and the the timeline of the lifespan of things online is that, you know, we're already working on the next mixtape, we're gonna announce the subject of it in March and it's gonna come out in the summer, and I haven't you know, I have a new album coming out that I'm gonna go on tour again and it's it all starts over and you just hope that you have as many you can keep up a hot streak to get to the point where like it reaches that critical mass that lets you kind of relax a little bit until then it's a lot of work and it's a lot of unsure nights and thinking that you've thrown your life away and wondering why you did it and all your music sucks and it's that miserable creative experience. So you can break even if you work hard enough, but to actually make a living, you, you definitely have to have a lot of luck. Like you have, like I always make the analogy that like you can set up all the dominoes, right? Like you can spend years setting up a whole line of dominoes, but then you have to leave the room and you have to hope that one just falls. Like, you can't start it, you know? (laughs) Right. Like, you have to just sit there and wait for, like, the wind to blow or something to happen or the building to shake for those things to start falling because you can't make it start. And until it starts, you you just have to wait. You just sit there, stare at all these dominoes, and you're just going crazy. And, I mean, and, and that's even assuming that you are of a certain level of quality, which, as we will talk about later, may not even be the case for a lot of artists nowadays. So. That's my that's my long winded answer.
1: We got another question actually. This comes from Dave Michalik via our Facebook page. Oh, this question, yeah. He says he prefaces this by saying it's gonna be a strange question, and he may put it to Z over on Hipster Please. Well <laughs> Allow us to, um, to expedite that process. (laughs)
11: That guy's full of shit. Don't ask him (laughs) (laughs)
1: nothing. It came up in conversation where someone was saying that nerdcore rappers somehow represent the white man stealing yet another element of black culture, and they should all cut it out, which is just completely insane, right? So I'm trying to think of uh, black nerdcore artists uh, to use as counterexamples why I'm engaging in this conversation at all is dubious at best, but off the top of my head, hormones, random and zealous one come to mind. I don't know I know there are more but my brain is not helping me and that there's not exactly a, a question in there exactly. But the topic I, of Yeah. Is I guess nerdcore Is nerdcore racist? I and mean, I guess the real question <laughs> is is the statement that nerdcore rappers somehow represent the white man stealing yet another element of black culture insane? Didn't Eminem Already steel rap music. I don't. I don't get it. So uh,
3: last I checked, zealous one was Samoan.
1: He, he is not
11: white. Is that right, Z? Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say I believe he's he's of a Polynesian descent. Yeah. If so. I mean, if, 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 I, I get, we can sneak try one in there.
3: Mm-hmm, certainly. Yeah, the whole uh, entity, we can th- squeeze entity in there for another <laughs>
11: African-American representative in the the nerdcore scene myth is myth still. Well, right? and, and I guess technically tribe is biracial, which again brings this whole thing full circle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the white man. I love I love questions that have the white <laughs> the, man. White, the man. white man. The white man. <laughs>
11: Who is and this I love white the, man? I love, the fact that, I love the fact that people want to ask my hillbilly ass that. That always does. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing uncomfortable about that. Uh, Zim, we want to talk, me, Zim, want talk to you about racists. What do you got for us? was like, well, uh, let's go out in the yard and see who we run into. Come on, kids. Let's <laughs> take a walk through the deep south. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. <laughs> 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 I think... There's really, you know, you, you you could certainly make that argument. And and people have made that argument for you oh, know yeah. fairly succinctly a lot of times. But I think when I'm watching television and there is a rap song selling me a Big Mac, perhaps the sanctity of hip hop has already been compromised. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh
11: <laughs> I mean I'm I' I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick about this and I, and I do think that there's there's a valid point about about white privilege and about male privilege in in hip-hop and in nerdcore hip-hop specifically but is that really your strongest argument? are these guys pre- presenting themselves as a menstrual show? Is there an element of self-awareness Do a lot of these artists realize that though they may not have come from the roots of hip-hop that they grew up, with hip-hop is hip-hop a racial thing or is it a larger cultural thing and I, I tend to think that it's the latter i tend to think that hip-hop is universal you can hear hip-hop in any country that has uh, enough free radio or a sturdy enough black market to get that music to the youth i think it's part of the doesn't mean culture people. now it's not a black it's not it's a black
1: it's... people market
2: <laughs> Yo, here, here's the thing right and and i've actually i've spoken about this with a lot of people I actually almost went back to school to do get a, like a master's in doing like cultural studies about this. Is the fact that like right now the the rap that's being made by young people quote unquote young people, <laughs> which I guess I'm not in because I'm in my 30s now. But uh, <laughs> they're the first generation of people to grow up where rap wasn't seen as an exclusively black art form, right? Mm-hmm. Like they since they could remember music, there has always been Eminem and there's always been this indie this huge underground where we're slug from atmosphere and LP and all these people have been making music for since 2000 since earlier than that, but like in the, in the spotlight since 2000 or about. Right. And you see a lot of people who are very popular right now. They don't care about this dude's a white dude and this dude's, you know, a black dude and whatever. Like, you, like Tyler, the creator is fans of, you know, like Justin Bieber and Wiz Khalifa brought up Mac Miller cause he's a dope rapper. And it's like, I feel like that's that is an argument and that's a cultural awareness that's very much brought up with people who lived through that Dolores Tucker nineties cop killer NWA stuff. Which back then it had like back then it was very much like this is what the black youth is going through right now, especially in the gangster rap culture. Mm-hmm. And back then it was very much, you know, there was a lot a line drawn where it was very much like. This is a black art form, you know, and this is black versus white or there is an Afrocentrism in this music. But nowadays, I don't I really don't feel like like exactly what Z said. Hip hop is an urban culture anymore. It's that rap and hip hop are the mainstream culture right now, whether people like to admit it or not. Whether those people in Z's yard like to admit it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? I'm going to have to go
11: tell those guys be quiet. This is uh...
2: <laughs> like the, the top three. 50 songs, every song on there that is not pop country song is influenced by the production side of hip-hop or is inf- influenced by something involved with hip-hop and the fashion of every single like hipster slash preppy, urban preppy slash whatever is influenced by a very hip-hop culture and slang is influenced by hip-hop culture. So, you know, is it, co- is it co-opted if it succeeded to the point that it became mainstream culture and other people decide, decide to partake in it. I don't think that's co-option. I think that's the opposite of co-option. That's, you know, option. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of co-option is, but that is a thing growing to the point where it is mainstream. And of course other people are going to participate in it because it is that attractive. It is that it's that much fun. I can attest to that. It's that much fun. And it is, it its if you are a creative artist who wants to make music, you chose to pick up a mic and write rhymes in a notebook rather than picking up a guitar and singing Folk songs in a cafe, or you know, getting on drums and rocking out to rock shows. It's and even, it's, even it's how you decided to music, express yourself.
1: I mean, it's really like if if rap is an instrument of creativity, like any instruments for for art form, then you might as well be like, well, black dude started painting, so as as a different culture from from the the culture that started painting, I it's wrong for me to pick up a paintbrush and start painting. That's infringing on their cultural heritage. But but I love painting. Painting means something to me. No
0: fuck you. you
2: know? Yeah, and I think I think that that goes back to a lot of there are a lot of artists, people who say they're artists in nerdcore or nerdy rap or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that may not have a full appreciation for the history of hip hop. And I think that I don't think that that's a disqualifier. I think, but that's, it, it's unfortunate. I think it's a yeah, exactly. I think it's a, a, a horrible shame if you don't at least pick up a book and read about the history, or you, you've at least never heard, you know. Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap and Kim Records from back in the late 80s and early 90s, where every single person's flow developed from. You know, whatever. Like, I'll get in trouble saying this, but like run DMC Sugar Hill Gang, whatever.
7: Those three guys are, <laughs>
2: those three guys are what influenced the modern style of rap. Yeah. And if you've never or you've never listened through It Takes a Nation of Millions by Public Enemy, like you are missing out on a huge part of the history of this thing that you say you love. And with that comes an awareness that, it, yes, it used to be a very black art form. It used to be a very Afrocentric art form. And that should be part of your relationship with it, whether you're white or black or Asian or whatever. But it, just because you participate in what is now a mainstream culture that everybody uses from Justin Bieber to Adele to whoever, like, I don't see how that's co-opting anything. Word.
3: So, what we have next is yet another track from Nerdapluza. This is from Nerdapluza 2010. This is Nerdcore Rising, MC Frontlot featuring Random and Schaefer the Dark Lord. And following that will be a actually brand new track. Uh, it's actually a remix of a 2008 track by Trash 80 called Missing You. This remix, this tribute by Electric Children is just mind-blowing. Electric Children is a pretty new chiptune group that was introduced to me by uh, DJ Cutman. This is quite a treat.
12: Nerdcore
8: could rise up You could get elevated Nerdcore cries It could get elevated anywhere. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word The MC shot the from frontfully Press the shirt, they sleep hard, no longer no, We deliver the hits to get the kids With the skeptical, spectacular fits I say, what? Nerdcore with the mouth then his glee, he puts me in the neighbor rhyme and brushing my teeth And out the heasy weasel, come babble 300 ball I get no error I'm compiling my rhyme The slick car rap silence of the hit kids continue to vex Think it's sex money, popper, but the jams are like flex, a C-bone, gets the great reap of my boredom Seeing you know, 'em tryna trying to act cool, he boredom scores, i kick a it down beats and the mics And jugglers who I kick it with Don't even know I rap, that's alright the whole nerdcore of culmination of the monkey going off day. date. Nerdcore could rise up, it could get elevated. Oh, and wouldn't an awful level those rappers hate it. If the nerdcore rose up and got elevated, we considered the possibleness of this, not overstated. Random. Basically
13: basic, as you fake it, the you I'm basically beyond basic Haces in your the flow I mean y'all I mean we've been doing this before they had a catchy name for it Before it was be pat, back pack, be pack, track tap, Taps and tap, tap, backtracks. Quickly back smack, y'all know what time it is The goal is dominance, we sorta of like the as If they were tight with stances, If hip dead, The deck grow dancers Random keeping going like a techno dancer through school, yes, just the deficit. Play your thing is not going down like the deficit. realize you ever met. Ex cleverness, I didn't threat. Whenever I'm the subject in the predicate. You took the hard way, you need to really fail at it. We did the impossible. L-O-L that it you get elevated. Yeah,
8: come on.
0: The bonus of this night of a stadium shape of the dark dark. We're like light lifesavers, but we come in more than five flavors On stage, we grip our mics like lightsabers Counting off my prime numbers, make nerds scream one, three, five, seven, eleven, and 13 for is spanning, it's drastic by drastic the multinational, and intergalactic Trilingual and more, cause some of these MCs Can rap in Elfin, and Klingon, and even Hut ts We got the Rock Shop, the Comic Shop, Mr. Spock and Zombies Robocop and Hobbits Rock and populate our hobbies we need we inherit the earth, but first we get the internet, you're surfing our surf, so obey the moderator, oh the plans we're devising, marching bands on the sidelines, our band is uprising, For those about to rock just watch the goggles
12: on your nose, all you got, sing along the front of lines, go! to rise up, make you get elevator. everybody, oh and all of
8: those The fullness of this not overstated Nerdcore could rise up
0: This is Shape of the Dark Lord, and you're listening to The Nerdy Show, because you are
5: awesome.
3: He just listened to was Mega Manhood 3 by our boy Danimal Cannon that was something that he recently released for Dwelling of Duels which we've mentioned did and he win I don't know uh, everyone's winners in *Dwelling of Pools <laughs> Like it's, 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 it's less about the competition, more about releasing music. It's about the adventure.
1: Yeah. And so now, what we have is a special treat. Yes, the aforementioned alleyway interview with MC <laughs> Lars, Adam Warrock, Tribe One, Mega Ran, K Murdoch MC Chris was performing. Performing. And so this is is a great discussion, we cover a lot of topics, and uh, we've been looking for a good excuse to put it out, and this is a a marvelous excuse to put it out. So here it is. I'm in a back alleyway behind The Social in Orlando, Florida, with two handsome gentlemen. I got MC Lars and Adam Warrock. Hi,
6: Cap. Nice to meet you. I'm pleased to know you
7: now. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's good to meet you, for the first time ever, right now. Right in this moment, no, we met...
2: How's it going? First know, time ever. You, oh, first time ever. Yeah, that's first was, time that's, we've ever met. What I'm going to say is first time ever.
1: What we're going to do is we're going to do an artist-on-artist artist deal. Lars, you've been in the scene for quite some time, since the start of, like, the, the nerd rap movement. Sick. And Adam Warrock, you started recently, but you are both you both do the same kind of music. You're not confined to any genre within hip-hop. You are hip-hop. You rap about what you know. You do what you enjoy. You know, you're not confined by the constraints of, say, narrowing yourself down to a genre. Despite the, the gap between your two careers, you got a lot in common. So I to see you two talk about, uh, you know, craft
2: recording, experiences, methodology. We definitely all rap about different things, like, beyond what our main thing is. I think that's the good thing about what everybody does here is that we're not hemmed in by own, like, I don't have to always rap about comic books. So I feel like rapping about whatever I feel like it's still within the the same kind of aesthetic as what we do the way you it's like your perspective on things like you can look at comics or you can look at literature and how you make a song out of those ideas is the same way you can apply that to politics or to culture or to other things like that it is like our calling card but at the same time i think everybody in this tour is very well rounded like they make songs about a lot of things like this guy makes songs about hardcore alien hip-hop sometimes when he just feels like it right
1: Hey, you guys, you guys are on tour with uh, with MC Chris, Random, a.k.a. Mega Ran, who's with K Murdoch, and uh, and also Tribe One just joined the tour. Uh, so it's a big it's a big nerd rap tour.
2: You know, I'll say, I'll say one thing about methodology, and I'm going to compliment you. Thank so you. So you're going to blush. But, you know, the thing about... Because I haven't been performing as consistently as this guy has. Going on 10 years, ain't about to stop. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've definitely learned is uh, how to hold a crowd better. Because this guy is like... Watching this guy set is like school on how to, like maintain a crowds in, in like interest
6: can I say something about that 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 will be part uh, be like an adjunct to what you were saying I totally interrupted you though it's
2: so rude man <laughs>
6: but about how, I hold a cl- how I learned to do that I used to be a summer camp counselor for fifth graders bring out the puppet show or have a screaming contest or like have them run around doing something simple that everyone can do that changes the flow is how you hold a crowd and if you can like keep a group of fifth like five-year-olds, and six-year-olds, the summer camp focus that you could do a hip-hop crowd. That's always saying it's the same thing.
2: What you're saying is that <laughs> hip-hop fans have the uh, maturity and intelligence of five and six-year-olds, well, right? Well,
6: if you get any five 500- hundred. A group of 500 people in the same place, yeah, it's the same as, like, 5 to 10 year olds
1: I, I was just joking. No, it's a it's actually a complex and real math equation. You can just reduce the intelligence down depending on the number of people in a room together. Is that true? No. I'm, uh, I'm Maybe, probably. I mean, no, you're, but, you're presenting some facts here.
2: But, like, no, like, <laughs> watching, he's got a 45-minute set. If you watch his set through and through, it's a very, like, it teaches me how to do a live show. It teaches me how to do songs and the hooks in the future, like on record so that they can translate to live shows better and that's definitely one thing that i've learned from watching chris and lars who both interact with their crowds in very different ways but it's like they're really good at engaging and capturing the crowd and that's something that i've definitely learned from watching this guy do his thing every single night but uh, (laughs) but no that's the one thing that i've gained from this from this tour is you know i thought that i was a, a good enough performer and it's nice to know that there's always more stuff that you can do and, like, people you can learn from because it does come from experience. You're good enough
6: and you're better than good enough. You're amazing. You Aww. get better every show. The first show in Pittsburgh, he was all nervous and shy. Now he just gives no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes the crowd do his whole thing. Hey, who's seen Doctor Who? Oh, oh okay, okay. Well, I have
2: it. Blah, blah, well, blah. it's funny because that first show, I was the opener, and, no, like, I didn't know what to do. And so they were like, all right, go. And I was like, do I... Should I say something? Should I I say who's on the bills? I was just kind of up there like, Uh, hey, so this show's gonna start now! You know, like, I didn't really know what I was doing, but you get more comfortable. You have to. I mean, otherwise, every single night, you're gonna be, like, feeling sick with stress and and nervous. But you were in the zone tonight, man. You just leapt up on the stage, and
1: it was fucking
2: started. Well, that's also because tonight we had a very quick sound... That's another thing you learn about, like, the different kind of, like, sound checks and setups and how sometimes you don't have any time to really... Make it perfect, and so like sometimes you just kind of figure out that you're just gonna like do a sound check in two minutes, and then doors open, and then all of a sudden you're on stage, and you're like, "Well, oh, let's just do this, let's just go." So like,
6: punk
1: rock. Lars, you just debuted a music video that is really, really cool. It's L- Lars attacks video. It is extremely fucking in depth. It's like, how did it... those
6: contacts feel, Lars? Well, knowing you and knowing Random are great contacts, so they feel great. No, they hurt a lot, and the teeth hurt a lot. But it looked awesome. Now, yeah,
1: were you were you uh, meant to be an alien in that? Some kind of like alien monster? Alien demon, bro, from hell and space. Go, get in here, get in here, get in Mega here, ran. guys! I want to introduce oh, Mega Ran. <laughs> Mega Ran, hey! I got three wisdom. <laughs> Three craft masters of, uh, of nerd rhymes here, and uh, I'm wondering, you guys, you guys all come from different nerdy backgrounds, different rap backgrounds, probably. What are what are your individual rap backgrounds, your influences, your hip hop influences?
6: Well, um, I would like to say Beastie Boys. I would like to say KRS-One, I would like to say Eminem, I would like to say Insane Clown Posse, and I would like to say that I think ICP has done a lot for hip hop. And the Juggalos may be like inbred hillbillies, but they buy a lot of merch and they're really good at helping hip hop spread to like the trailer park. So much love to ICP for what? What's up? For what?
2: It's a lot of East Coast stuff. Like I grew up on all that like Def Squad, Wu Tang, like Nas stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of things like that. And then I, you know, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so I have a lot of Southern influence. That that comes out in the little double E time stuff that I do. I listened to a lot of Triple Six Mafia when I was growing up and like Gangsta Black and Play of Flies, Kingpin, Skinny Pimp, and all that stuff. A lot of that Southern A-ball Underground. MJG? A ball MJG I did definitely A-ball. did as well. I so I still listen to a lot of Southern rap uh, nowadays too, which I take a lot of lessons on how to flow from. Mm-hmm.
13: And uh, it's kind of like a mixture of East and, and South, I guess. So that's kind of where it all started. My number one biggest influence is LL Cool J. Um, phenomenon uh no early ll kujek <laughs> the first hip-hop song I remember hearing is I Can't Live Without My Radio, and um, I was like, I want to do this. And then when I heard I'm Bad and all that stuff on the next record, I was like, I really want to do this. Like, and I love the fact that L.L. was so versatile, you know, you, he would do that. What is your opinion of uh, I Need Love? Are you a fan of that song? or do you, I was are you getting there. Ones? I love I love his um, <laughs> the versatility because he, started, he did I'm Bad and then I Need Love on the same album, like polar opposite songs. And he didn't care what the crowd thought. You know what? Something strange happened tonight. I was supposed to not end with "grow up." I was supposed to do "push" tonight, and Kay Murdoch played the wrong record. So
11: <laughs> but he, he's fired. You haven't, but, um, you haven't done "push" in a little bit, and I that was my plan because
13: know. in Orlando, I've done grow up a thousand times. So I really wanted to end with push because that's to me I like to try to be the, the nerdy LL Cool J. I want to be able to relate to you know old school hardcore hip hop heads as well as people who played video games and got picked on in school. So I, I like to be I like to keep the balance so I learned the balance from LL Cool J you know for him to be like okay I'll take off my shirt whatever but if one of you rappers step out of line I'm gonna diss the hell out of you and you will never ever step to me you're like so I wanna be that kinda guy you know what I mean not like oh you know a bully but you know what I mean right
6: but can I say something about Mega Ran real quick Mm -hmm. yes there's Mega Ran and there's Random Mega Ran speaks for the kids who love video games Random is the voice of the people the voice of the streets and in that way you emulate LL Cool J because in our scene, the nerdcore scene is unfortunately dominated often by white kids. And uh, guess what? It's not only white kids. And Mega Ran is the bomb, right? And he's, he's, kids are like, oh, it's an African-American performer who, who I can relate to. Then they realize that it's not just video games. You have a whole story and your whole culture and everything is amazing. And all your random stuff is like from the heart and it's spiritual and it's yes. deep and it's beautiful. And so that's how you like Ella Cool J because you're very very versatile with the fan base and how you stand out in this niche that is often homogenized, simplified, and oftentimes needs more flavor.
7: Wow, can I say that?
6: You can say that. You can you say that because I can...
1: <laughs> I've been wanting to hear your thoughts on this like for a while you know basically because there was the whole nerdcore's racist thing, whatever, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> He's but that. He but never say that. But but the but that distilled into that eloquence that I just saw there, I mean,
13: that's... Oh,
2: look at this lineup right here. I right know. Man.
13: This is... Race wars? This is the Planeteers right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the true meaning of race wars. Man. Race wars? I think I tweeted that. I was like, no, that, I'm going to Birmingham on the race hey, look, wars tour. This sounds like something here. from 1963.
1: Let's talk about craft. We got a lot of different guys here a lot of different backgrounds i'm sure you all write rap music differently from each other uh what does it take to kind of put a song together what's the the main i mean i'm sure they, they all come together in their each in their unique ways but what's the the way that they generally come together for you what's the songwriting process
13: i need a usually i get an idea before a beat but there are occasions where a beat will
2: just speak to me i'm, I'm opposite i get a beat first and then i get the i get the idea for the song title that I want it to be in general idea about, but I, I usually need a beat first and start
13: writing to a beat. I'm, I'm like that sometimes. Some beats just pop up. <laughs> That's Tribe like, One. It's Tribe me, One. Hey, another rapper. Uh, tribe yeah. One. Song, songwriting first
1: style. Month. Man, first this month. is just, this is like practically the entire tour here. Okay, Mark, get, get in here. Get in here. This is the entire tour except MC Chris, right right here. He's
13: performing. as He's currently
1: performing. Yeah. It'll be it'll be <laughs> All right, right, tribe one, uh, songwriting methodology. How do you put it together? I usually start with an idea or a hook or a
10: line to build a concept around and then just sort of think of lines until I have enough lines to have 16 lines, and that's a verse. And then I do that again two more times, and that's a song. (laughs) Totally mathematical. (laughs) All right. Yeah, there's mathematical science application.
2: He He writes... He writes, like, molasses, so slow. You're just saying that because you write, like, freaking lightning. Whatever, man, he's like... We were in the car on the way to this show. I wrote a song and a half. He wrote a
10: song and a half (laughs) in, like, ten minutes while (laughs) driving. But the the reason
2: he takes a really long time is because he's one of those guys that, like, he is very scientific and mathematical about his rhymes, like... Stuff that no, like some of you won't pick up is that like, he's like rhyming this word with this word here, and they like mm-hmm. connect this way, and then it comes back around. And I'm just like the guy that's like, well, I'm just gonna keep going. It looks more like this, and it's just like all these like right angle like things. Like it's a very mathematical, scientific way that I don't write like. So that's funny I've said it before, and I'll say it
10: again. Everything I learned about internal rhyme scheme, I learned from a guy named Plato, who is out of uh,
1: Dallas, Texas. Deep Space Five. Deep Space Five. What, Lars? How about you?
6: Well. Uh, For me, I always approach it like I'm writing a paper, like an English paper or something. So, like, your chorus is your thesis, and that's, like, your point that you're trying to make. And and that has to be strong. Uh, It can be funny. It has to be catchy. It has to be why you're writing the song. And then all your verses are your defending statements, you know what I'm saying? And so you come up with the idea, and then you find a beat so you can do the rhythm and the lyrics based on the... Cadence of the beat. If you if you don't do that, then you it comes out really simple, like Doctor Seuss. You have to be. Well, so like, well, shit's, got, shit's got M-C-R a hole. Plug it up. Plug <laughs> it up. Just like that. That's the next MC Lars song. Who's that? Song. Yeah, who's that, who's that, who's that
13: yeah, you just
6: got it. No, I'm saying if you have the beat first, then your stuff ends up not sounding corny, repetitive, and repetitive, it's simple. That's good. That's how you write songs, bro. Excuse and then you spend ten years of your life. Like not having any money, living on people's couches, like living in a van, rapping in all these small clubs around the world, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I do this professionally and it's good. So it's worth it. It's absolutely oh, worth it's it. It's so worth it. It's so worth to give all of yourself into your passion and into your dreams. What does K Murdoch think? <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, this is, is tough
7: because I don't write rhymes. I used to rhyme a long time ago until someone told me I sounded like Will Smith. So that was Yo, the end of my like like rap career. You can rap like Shine. you the next Shine. <laughs> you just want me to do that voice. I love the voice. Gorilla he does black. it great.
1: But, a great but you're a beatsmith. You're the heart and soul of rap music, really. I mean, Thank you, man. You you enable people to, to make like real you know music with rap. It's not just it not just poetry to actually take it into the, the full genre of you know music, bring it all together. So I mean that's that's it right there. So what's your methodology for creating creating beats and so on?
7: Creating um, similar to them, but I mean obviously uh, it's more through the musical like notes and if I hear like a riff, it can start with anything from a, from a simple riff. I mean and when I mean a riff, I mean just a note, a stab or something. Uh, whether it be a horn, a guitar, whatever. Um, a lot of times, a lot of stuff I do, I just listen. If I'm listening to someone else, like my favorite producers or just any other kind of music, if I hear something that I like, I try to replicate it. Like my whole sound, I call it neosonic, like new sound. Cause, but all I'm doing is taking essentially the essence of hip-hop is just taking other stuff and repurposing it you know what I mean just making Mm -hmm. something new out of it something fresh you know what I mean trying to be creative so a lot of times like I said it can be anything I could be watching the anime and hear like a note Um, I was watching Bleach not too long it was one of my favorite anime shows and it was a sound in the back while one of the characters was talking so I went back through Netflix and sampled that and made a beat out of it a good exactly.
1: you're, you're working the reins on this, you know. You know what's what. You've been traveling with these guys for a while, so you guys have any stories from this
6: tour? Anything wild that's happened? Yeah, well, <laughs> on my birthday, we went to a strip club in this trailer park in Lawrence, Kansas. Like, I got attacked by strippers. They tore up my underwear and hit me and jumped on me and really hurt me. And I ran, walked out of the strip club with my underpants all ripped up, like all angry. I'm like, this is not fun. Oh, yeah. This sucks.
13: The yeah. <laughs> these strippers were all hitting me. And this Are you and telling this story.
6: Yeah. Not all of us. The ones without girlfriends went. I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I know nothing about this <laughs> It suck They were so mean to me They were tearing up <laughs> my underwear And hitting me MCLR is attacked by the <laughs> Furies <laughs> no, no, no tip No tip for them attack. That was the crazy story Definitely yeah. That was wow. on my birthday I turned 29 And I got my underpants ripped
2: off Also We brought a cake to him on stage yeah. And we sang him happy birthday So that, that was, was cool. nice That was cool That was,
6: cool. That was yeah. nice And then Alex and Chris Bought me a book of art By Daniel Johnson Who's one of my
7: favorite artists wow,
6: Nice That was pretty cool Cool
10: Cool, isn't it? Isn't it Eugene's birthday coming up
7: pretty soon? Tomorrow. Are you serious? He doesn't know.
2: I don't tell people. I don't, my, I don't tell people my birthday. It hasn't weird. been on my Facebook for two years now.
7: Really? What is it? Just you don't have it's a birthday. Weird.
2: <laughs> I just don't like celebrating oh. oh, that.
7: Everyone deserves their day, man. I, just, I get my day, day. I get my day. Oh, excuse me, bro. So- all right. Day will be the I don't want to be
2: attacked by strippers and have them rip my underwear <laughs> off while I'm still wearing it, and then being punched in the face and and
7: and. Well, abused. How, about, how about this as a highlight? It's been real. I, I can say um, it's been super cool meeting everyone. Um, you know, Andrew, Eugene now not to put everyone's government out but i mean in my Tell phone it's names. i'm like probably the only cat in my phone who doesn't have like them labeled as mc lars or adam or yeah, rockets a- by a- their a- real names but they've been super cool these are the nicest guys i've been a- on tour i a- uh, went on tour five years ago with the legendary brand newbie and that sucked uh that's a whole nother podcast
1: what? yeah dance right
7: but this has been super cool man like good music good vibes Uh, it's been one of the best experiences in my life you know what my favorite part of the tour
2: is and uh, I was telling Nas about this drive about this before he joined (laughs) is when we all when we're all at load in and we have two hours before doors and we get to just sit in a venue that's quiet and just goof off and hang out set up our merch and like run around and just be goofy That's, like, the most fun time of the tours. I mean, other than being on stage, of course, and, you know. (laughs) But uh, that's the most fun time because we actually get to, like, hang out and be friends and, like, goof off and and just chill. Which is, like, very rare in a tour where you're driving every single day and desperately trying to find some, like, figure out what day it is and eat something that doesn't, like, isn't the most horrible thing you could possibly eat that day health-wise. It's just, like, it's nice to, like, hang out. And you feel like a bunch of kids in school when when it's closed, you know, just goofing off a little bit. This guy, this guy's a he's a just he's a jokester.
1: He's
2: a jokester all the time, but it's fun, and he makes the best merch displays. They're amazing. <laughs>
1: Well, this was artist-on-artist, uh, artist, but then it turned into an artist-on-artist-on-artist-on-artist. On artist on artist on artist. An artist orgy, basically. So this has been Cap, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hey, coming back to the present day, Hex, what do you have for us? What music selection do you have for us? Oh, oh, knowledgeable one of all nerd
3: music. Well, I was uh, toying with including the next performer, but uh, I, I actually didn't follow through because of the, the few tracks I had, but now I have more. Since uh, Mr. Warrock labeled him as an influence, I decided... Why not? We got some Jonathan Colton. This is Skullcrusher Mountain. Following that, what we have is a brand new track by King Phoenix featuring super villains. This is R.E.D., Rage, Eviscerate, and Destroy. This is a Red Lantern track.
1: That is fucking cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it is. I'm not going to lie. King Phoenix, I haven't been the most impressed with in the past. But just like uh, Adam says, I always give a chance to every single track. If someone mails me a track, or if I if mm-hmm. I see someone throwing a track around, I will give it at least a listen, because you never know when you'll have something fucking awesome,
1: like or villains with King Phoenix doing a Red Lantern track. Like- now, you're playing a new track. Does that mean the next segment we're going into is the future of Nerd Music? As a matter of fact, I, I believe it is.
5: Oh. <gasps>
12: Secret lair on Skullcrusher Mountain. I hope that you've enjoyed your stay so far. I see you met my assistant Scarface. His appearance is quite disturbing. But I assure you, he's harmless enough. He's a sweetheart, calls me master, and he has a way of finding pretty things. But I get the feeling that you don't like it. What's with all the screaming? You like monkeys. You like ponies. Maybe you don't like monsters so much. Maybe I use too many monkeys. Isn't it enough to know that I ruined a pony? Making a gift. nights, the atmosphere, and all the fools who lead their foolish lives may find it quite explosive. Well, it won't mean half as much to me if I don't have you here. No, it isn't easy living here on Skullcrusher Mountain, so maybe you could cut me just a little slack. Would it kill you to be civil? I've been patient, I've been gracious And this mountain is covered with wolves Hear them howling, my hungry children Maybe you should stay and have another drink And think about me and you
9: Los Protomenes!
4: Está escuchando
5: al... El Nerdy Show!
4: Gracias.
0: I like to play with my zipper. Because it's cool. Up my performance, I feel the blood boiling, fueled by the rage like the ring was on Jordan. Jordan. Out past Saturn, where the dark matters, out to kill the greatest of the Green Lanterns. Sinestro, what's the Death Toll? Took so many lives with my red ring arsenal. Killed with my bare hands, never made a construct. he struck, no entire course. So don't interrupt me. And it sounds so easy, just lose control when you can see what I see. Haters in the air, rages in his eyes, ignite red light. My I fire simplify, can't control my impulse, act so unrehearsed, not in your world, new earth universe, still in the fight, but I'm heartless, see the red lantern shine through the darkness,
9: with blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all, that is your fate. With blood and of crimson red Ripped from the cold of freshly dead Together with all hell cage,
8: We'll burn you all day. In your rage, baby. I'm getting so mad and I'm feeling so enraged Get mad all you want, but I can't be outraged Getting kind of crazy, better like me in a cage Police got a profile, I'm ripping up the page Man, you better watch me because I'm going to be backstage You're going to see my pistol, but I bet not disengage I see you and your girlfriend, you're trying to get engaged But you're going to see this shoddy gun talking twig See me off stage and I'll get back on stage You will see the sage burning in the air You don't even, what, see what I wear? I'm puking on people cause I'm feeling no despair I put you down the stairs, I see you over there Does that belong to you? I guess I use there I break your Tupperware with your parents' hardware A bad babysitter push you out your high chair Thinks that I care? Well, how dare You wanna have some, what, 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 warfare? You know I'm broke, you know I'm on that welfare. Just broke my legs and now I'm in a wheelchair. They with blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse of freshly dead. Together with
9: our hellish hate, we'll burn you all, that is your fate. With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse of freshly dead. Together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all, that is your fate. Kid. We flump so atrocitous. Lost your lid, I'ma box you in the waffle mix. Lost the burning, no stopping this. Wanna soak the world in red, crimson populace. No coffin lids anointed in plasma. Phantasms crashing, heavy breathing, no asthma. Latch and let the hate consume. The butchers in the China shop bracing for the doom. Assume cats bringing rucks so soft. These bitches cut me off, so I c- 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 cut them off. Burn that truck in all acid from the mouthpiece. Bring on your manhunters, crush them to tw- a brown street Down and ground beef—a nuclear bomb couldn't stop that. Where are the blue lanterns? Red. Time for a hot bath. I'm seeing yellow streaks crossing in your ride path. I'm the infected specter, bringing God's wrath with blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead. Together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all. That is your fate. With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse of freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all, that is your fate. With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse of freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all, that is your fate. With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse of freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all.
5: It's your thing.
14: Leave me a message please Tell me what day and what month and what year it is Cause I'm not here, no baby I'm not home The lights are on for sure but maybe the occupants have flown I'll catch you later love, oh oh, goodbye Got to fly, got to fly, I got to fly I don't know how you got the stomach for reality When you could go circle the stars You wouldn't believe where I've been Just to say commit some freakishly fabulous finds My corpse has been here But my mind's covered miles I'm craving altitude So kindly step aside I got to fly Fly I've seen such things Tasting lights and touching voices And you can't wet my wings I'll be back to pay the bills for practicality My boys and my joy So let me go, love, recognize I got to fly I got to get, I got to fly Thank you for calling, leave me a detailed message please Tell me what day and what month and what year it is I'm gonna bring you back the goblet and the sword and the flower I'm gonna mount a rescue love, I'm gonna lay siege to the tower I need adventure, love, so let me off this rock Because I fully understand the minute that I land I gotta trip, I gotta take, I gotta call, I gotta make, I gotta run, I gotta do I got to clean, I got to send, I got to find, I got to get, I got to give, I got to go through that pile. I got a list, I got a note, I got a job, I got to vote, I got to read, I got to write, I got to get my sleep tonight, I got to go. wouldn't believe and I've been hearing shadows and smelling noises and you can't clip my wings a metaphor sense because I can imagine a reality where all of my choices are meaningful critical beautiful bold it makes a waking what looks so dead cold where consequences really proceed from our acts where the truth might for once line up with the facts what a world what a world if I can imagine it so imagining must matter and that's why I got to go for calling. I'll get back to you soon If you should get a message from the dark side of the moon, you'll know that that's me. Baby, you'll know I'm there The reception's lousy, baby, but the view's beyond compare, so if you wanna call shotgun on my rocket, well, you oughta, baby. Let's, let's baby, let's, let's, let's fly I got to fly ditch the sad cynic, saying we're all the same saying we got no really real adventures left to our names and no love and no truth and no spark and no mystery but i gotta take it off this rock and i'm history
3: so, coming in for the closer, where we will talk about the future of Nerdcore.
1: How can we, we talk about the future? Who can predict the future? Really, we can only do the very current present with some speculation. Yeah. But what we have is... The uh, future of Nerdcore is Nerdpalooza 2012.
3: Shut up. Uh, what we have is Marion Call bringing us in with the, the track from her, the titular track from her 2010 release. What are you trying to say? Gotta Fly. I'm trying to say it's a title track. Okay. Because I can't talk. Duh. It's awesome. And so we're going to talk about what we predict. What we predict is the future of nerd music. Treadcore. Uh Turdcore. Turdcore. No. 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 <laughs> it's all
1: songs about poop. No. Yeah. It's no, going to be a collaboration no, no, between no. Uh, Mike and what's his name? Mr. Urin from MSI. Uh, Jimmy um, Urin. Yeah, Jimmy Urin. You yeah, guys yeah. are going to get together. You guys are going to start Turdcore. We're just going to start Turdcore. We're just going to put interested all over everything. We actually use our butts.
3: <laughs> <with the laughs> not,
1: not, ju- not just fart noises with their mouths. Yeah. No, no.
3: yeah. Um, I honestly, it, it, I don't know what the future is because I spend so much time focusing on the present, on what is, uh, what's being released
1: today. That it, it's hard for me to even predict six months down the line. You, turn put, it all, put it all on a map. Find out what kind of like you know sigils it, it, it sends you. Cast the bones, Hex. You're, you're at the forefront of all this. Surely you can see the future. Oh God, no, I can't. I'm a stupid. Uh. <laughs> All right, here's what I think. Okay, is this uh, serious or is this robots? Uh, you tell me. You, you know what, you tell me, Hex. On a scale of uh, one I... to robots, how serious is this? Okay, well, look, I just saw a video the other day for a window that is actually, that is also a computer screen. It oh, is God. basically Minority Report, how and that's it? happening this year, so... We let's just say, let's just say, robots we- goes without saying. All right, right now, robots goes without saying. We are going to have a, a, a Japanese dental blowjob robot doing a bunch of songs at nerdpalooza <laughs> 2013. Yeah, um, it, but here's here's the situation. Uh, this is all all joking aside. I think that that all the culling that we're seeing, like all the the fans genres getting more specific, things like uh, wizard rock, kind of blending into more just like fan Silk. specific. Rock music, or or just fan music in general. I, you know, I think we're we're never gonna see the the end of timely fan well surges. I'm waiting for Game of Thrones rock, God rock. It's
7: gonna have to catch on a little bit more, but I mean, I know I know it's gonna happen. Nerdcore, it's gonna reach level twenty six, and that music's gonna go dun 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 dun. dun, And he goes, what? Nerdcore is evolving. Dun 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 dun. And some asshole is gonna press A B. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: because I love you, nerdcore.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, like we have Fi Dragons, and they right. have signed a label. We have yeah. Protomen who are looking to possibly tour uh, Europe. We have MC Frontlot, pretty much doing the same thing. But doing it very well. Doing it very well.
1: No, no. But as we heard in a, in a recent real congregation episode, where uh, Mark counted down his top albums of 2011, MC Lot, despite the fact that you know you maybe you, you you didn't catch the latest album or not, like you think, oh, he's just doing the same thing over and over again. It's still it's still fresh every time. It it surprised me. I had to completely ignored his latest work. What can I say? It was maybe even better than I was used to. It's getting specific, the genre is coming into it's own. I guess it's not really a genre, because there's so many genres underneath the umbrella of nerd music. But it's, it's getting organized, it's getting uh, situated, and we're going to see people coming to this community ready to show off more fine-tuned wares, because they're going to see what's come before them, they're going to get the gist of the kind of trial by peers that happens on the internet, they're going to realize that they need to, like, step above it, and I think what's really going to influence nerd music in general is what happens next with the music industry. Mm. And this is maybe where it's like we should we should call it John or something. Because talk about soap and shit. Not, not even. Not even. It's not. I mean, that, granted, now what what comes of that could really affect things easily. But really, it's about medium. Because right now we're focused on the digital medium, it's intangible, it lets us get things instantaneously, it lets us create things instantaneously, but there is going to be a next step beyond MP3s. There is going to be something, digital music and synthesizers and and, and basically the electronic revolutions in music in the last three decades have changed the way we look at music, and it happened in a very kind of step-by-step way, it all made sense, but somebody say in the 60s looking forward would be like jesus fucking christ how did we go from vinyl record to no media yeah like how the hell did that I mean it's still terrifying the music industry right okay so we as 20 to 30 somethings in in this room and on this on this Skype here need to brace ourselves for experiencing something that we could never have conceived now i don't know what it is but in all likelihood the next step in technology is going to be some kind of neural interface and there's going to be, it's going to be a new way to experience music. I haven't read The Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil, the famous futurist. But I have heard some excerpts from it. Uh, he actually did a collaboration with the band Our Lady Peace, actually. It's a really interesting concept album. It came out of nowhere. The band's not even good anymore. But they did one brilliant, they, they had some good music, and then one brilliant album where they actually worked with this futurist. In it, they talk about how music has evolved into something that, that is experienced in a completely new way, a completely like a way that is within the self people will be able to exist kind of as beings beyond a physical presence and it sounds it sounds crazy it sounds pseudo-spiritual but really technology shrinking technology is bending in a very strange way and kurtzwell's been right about a lot of things so though not even he could really see what the future is we're going to be alive a lot longer than our parents were just like our parents were a lot alive a lot longer than their parents and we're going to see some unusual shit with music, and who's going to be at the forefront of that? Nerds. Hmm. I'm, yeah. I, it's not going to necessarily be nerdy music in the way we understand it, but it is going to be professional nerds learning to create what can be considered music because it will co- it will start to transcend what we understand as music because it will no longer even have a semblance of being analog. I'm saying that we can't conceive what's about to happen next. Sentient light. <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> Sentient light. <laughs> sentient sound that you hear with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 mean, I'm, I I realize. Sit down. I realize I am. I am reaching in. I'm sticking my hand into the beyond. So,
7: but here's so, what I think: the,
2: the immediate future. Oh nerdcore
1: goodness, is. no!
2: It's gonna sell out. It's gonna sell yeah. out. Yeah, it's gonna. I, get, I, I I totally agree. Yeah, so that's it's, that's, a, that's a likely
7: conclusion. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna sell out, and everyone's gonna be like, "I like nerdcore before it was cool." and I'll still say that yeah but then
1: but then maybe because I have evidence maybe because of what it is like that could start and that could like get some kind of like rumble going on but ultimately because much like that just the the with the cooperation and community that's so inherent in nerd culture yeah. be it like be it online or be it say attending Nerdapalooza and the kind of families that are created at places like Nerdapalooza, Magfest and so on maybe that you know that'll happen because of course it happens and whenever there's a rap wherever there's rap there's drama wherever there's musicians there's drama true true you know we'll probably see that that happen but it'll also kind of like be like people most people will just be
7: like whatever yeah.
2: But I mean, like, so, that's what I was going to say. I don't want people thinking that when I say it's going to sell out, that I necessarily think that's a negative thing. No. I mean, just there's having- positive and negative sides yeah. to that. I
1: want I Fight Dragons in the proto Men to be successful. Hell yeah. 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 I, want, I want Shell Riley to be successful. I want Adam Ward to be successful. I want Ira Glass to play you on his goddamn show. That's the least he could do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, I mean, here's the thing, right, is that we're in a culture now where everybody is a nerd, whether they know it or not and everyone who's growing up is digitally aware and educated and everyone from the frat boys to the hipsters to hippies to professionals to you know whoever all have an iphone all listen to mp3s you know
3: back in the day like being a prerequisite for being nerd was you own a computer wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay, then a prerequisite—you played video games. well Wow.
1: wow. <laughs> and there's still there's still a group of people, and I've experienced this in, in a number of different occasions where the word nerd is still taboo, and they'll be like, "Well, it's pretty nerdy," but and it'd be like, "Well, okay, so what's wrong with it? Yeah, like what are you saying exactly? <laughs> I mean, pff, go fuck yourself. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean, I, you know, I think that there is a, there is a way to commodify nerds in music that hasn't been done yet and I, I mean like I've told people for a long time that I think in five years, every single like remaining label like big, like Sony, Universal will have like a geek music division, you know? And it might be as small as three, three bands or whatever but there will be an A&R person assigned to that and they will be looking for people to appeal to that demographic because that demographic buys things and is supportive of people and is heavily obsessive and collect completionist and And passionate and passionate in the ways that we are about the things that we like yeah you know know, it's
1: hard to get demographics on this sort of thing but i would wager that maybe the nerd the nerd culture surrounding like niche music and like independent produced stuff is probably spending more on this grassroots music industry than anyone's actually spending on the music industry right (laughs) now that's a good point if if our like the All the fans who supported this episode and continue to support Nerdy Show are, we're, I mean, we're constantly in awe of you guys and how much you care about us. I mean, because we could not exist without you. And you will us to exist. Yeah. So, I mean, that's incredible. And we see that every single day.
2: And I mean, like, at a certain point, you know, that'll happen. And if there are people that we love in Nerdcore get to the point where they make a decision like you know let's talk in terms of me right okay yeah, yeah what, uh, it's what, was, that's what why like? we have you on the show <laughs> it, it's what?
3: Kind of, it, well that's why we have you on your show you're you're <laughs> kind of like the, the snapshot you're the the sample nerdcore rapper
2: i mean if i you know if i got a chance i mean first and foremost if i got a chance to be an opener on a tour with a studio actor or someone much bigger i would take it in a second i don't care who it is you know because I have enough confidence in myself to say that like there's a bunch of people who are gonna like what I do, they just they just haven't heard me yet. And if I get the chance to be in front of that many people, and it's an act that is not a nerdcore act, and is an act that is even not one that sense that makes a whole hundred percent a lot of sense. Justin Bieber. Well, I mean, that's that's a little big. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if I don't You'd know, you do I'm it. You do it. I'm trying to think of like a like a rap act that would be like not nerdcore at all, but that like, if, if like Chameleonaire <laughs> or like, or like Gucci Mane was like, Hey man, come out and open for me at all these shows on my tour. First of all, I'd be like, this is ridiculous. And I don't know how you know who I am. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, second of all, I would be like, oh man, I'll I love it.
1: Firefly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. i would be like, of course I do it. You know, like, of course you would do that. And then at the same time, if a label approaches me, You know, I would love to do this independently for the rest of my life, and always have that indie aesthetic. And if a label ever approached me and they were like, "We want total creative control of what you're going to do," I would probably say, "I would probably say no." You know, but if they're willing to give me a chance to keep doing this and have a certain amount of creative control, and they want to sign me and have me do certain things, like put this song on this TV show or whatever, like put this to a commercial, I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Like, why? Why not? You know, like. And if I'm in a position where I can, because I mean, like, again, I think that my music is, is one that's not, it, it's nerdy, but it's also like, you wouldn't necessarily know it on first listen, which in a lot of ways is probably advantageous to me for other people who are not part of the scene, you know, like an audience that's not part of the scene. And if I'm able to go out there and prove to a lot of these people who hate nerdcore and say, you know, hey, I say I'm nerdcore, I have friends who are nerdcore that make really good music and they can respect what i do and like what i do it only makes them more willing to work with people who are nerdcore take it more seriously i think i think at a certain point when that selling out line has to be crossed and it will be without a doubt i think that people should keep an open mind for it because i mean like there's only all, that's the way that the avengers became the big movie this year right is by it selling out and becoming a hugely commercial thing and yeah. now you get to now we get to watch the avengers on tv with like the biggest stars in hollywood directed by Joss Whedon.
1: If you told me that in like high school I would have oh, been like Christ. like fuck you that's a wet dream and a pipe dream and it's never gonna fucking yeah. happen. No yeah, studio's that's how... ever going to get their shit together like that. Yeah, never. 10 years ago. Yeah,
2: no. Okay. They they were they're exploiting nerd cor- culture as much as anyone. I mean, that's how we got Scott Pilgrim on the screen. Scott Pilgrim, which is yeah. a that's a fucking crazy thing that happened and it was awesome and that wouldn't have existed without people trying to exploit that culture at the same time yeah because it's all about money you know at the top the top tiers of business in corporate america whatever it's all about money and that's how we get awesome like whatever um, the mighty fine t-shirts that sell like all the crazy comic shirts oh, and all that stuff yeah. and, and and my
1: little pony culture yeah which is like now there, there if if I mean, the art culture behind My Little Pony is pretty great. Where's the music subculture for that? It's there. No, it's, yeah. it's there. I mean, I've, I've, I've pony heard,
6: swag? I've heard
1: some solid pony raps, pony, pony like, swag. is there... Are, I'm basically, are we going to see conventions Are we going to see something in the filk community is what you're asking. I at. can't yeah. imagine.
2: I mean, like, is it that big? Yes. Oh, my God. I,
1: oh, my yes. God, dude. Man, dude. if
3: someone started doing a guitar, broke out a guitar and started singing Winter uh, Roundup,
1: like... Winter wrap up my favorite. Winter friend. wrap up? Then sorry. Oh, sorry. My favorite Katy Perry song is the ponies parody of her song. <laughs> so but but honestly, if someone at
3: a con broke out a guitar and started singing winter wrap up, they there would be a chorus yeah, Absolutely. in, in seconds. No, probably but even at the gala. I'm gonna I'm gonna, an I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in real quick the event side of, of Nerd Music. Sure. I know Blipfest takes sponsors, I know Nerdapalooza takes sponsors. Magfest is very interesting. They will not take, MAGFest will not take big sponsors. I did not know that. That's very strange. Huh. Fangamer was too big. Shut up. Really?
1: Wow. I, this is straight from Charlie. Hey, go Fangamer. That's awesome. That, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Right,
3: Charlie's like, I don't know if I'm insulted or complimented.
1: That's a, that's, that's a, that's a fan-based community that, that was born the same year as Nerdy Show. Yeah. And is too big To sponsor MagFest yeah. now
3: Their complaint Their fear is lose. It. They don't want to sell out They don't want to get too big Which is totally not Nerdapalooza's fear Just today and earlier this week I was asked What would happen if someone came to you With a check for uh, X million dollars a Insanely high amount of money Would you just give away Nerdapalooza? And like, and like Adam I would go no if you give me creative control, because Nerdapalooza is... Because it will fail without you. If Nerdapalooza <laughs> is as successful as it is, because I understand nerd music, and if you can find someone better than me, I will give the job to them. But until then, Nerdapalooza is mine. It will stay mine.
2: Nah, here's what you do, Hex. You take that check, and you make another Nerdapalooza. That That's was the idea. I'm like, cool.
3: I'm going to go make Geek Fest over here. You guys have yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was talking to Josh and He was like, dude, how about if we took The money, and if it's an insanely High amount, we break it up And give it to our, like, 100 favorite bands Like, here's a thousand bucks, here's a thousand bucks Go do whatever <laughs> This is
1: it was a weird
3: Weird game you're playing at the yeah, it, was, it, it doesn't it, sound very productive. No, 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 this was, this was on the drive back from MAGFest This okay. was like, okay. hey man What would happen if we had 500 trillion dollars What would we do? I'm like you're an idiot. Let me drive.
2: <laughs> and even if, I mean, like, say that I, like, and again, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think I'm going to sign with Sony or anything. And I, I'm perfectly happy doing things indie. But if I did something where they're like, here's $20 million, <laughs> but you have to make the music that we say you're going to make. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to find a way to make music and get it out there. Yeah. You know? I, like mean, under I, another I imagine another would still something.
3: be doing the track log.
2: You know, if I had my, my druthers and I could negotiate, and I mean, I can negotiate because of what I used to do for a <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure but, you
3: know you know some lawyers or were yeah. one in a past life.
2: And I would just say, all right, fine. You know, like, <laughs> we'll do this, do this. I will, you know, I will do this, but you got to let me keep making music for free online. You got to make that part of the marketing strategy. It's always got to be there that way. You got to let me make music about this nerdy stuff. Uh, hopefully it would exist that way. And hopefully they would come to me where it would be a point where I could say that, like, I have enough swag to be able to, like, demand that. And I mean like right now, you have to understand that like nobody knows what the next step's going to be for even hip-hop. It's And, and even electronic, electronic music and hip-hop, there's no model for how things are done today people make it up as they go along well like where the fuck did dubstep come from <laughs> i don't know man i have no their, idea
1: their hair dryer in the tub and recorded like
2: <laughs> well yeah that skrillex whoa. dude was a he was in a band and then that band failed and so he was just making dubstep for fun and he got signed by deadmau mouse and now he's skrillex yeah you know? it's, it's crazy like, like um <laughs> nobody knows what's gonna happen next and so we'll see i mean that's it, what's great I, about it That's why it's the future.
3: Well, that, I think, is that, ladies and gentlemen. We need to go to bed, because we're tired nerds. We've recorded this all in one
1: night. So... (laughs) Hopefully you didn't have to listen to it all in one night. But if you did, then you you... might have been on tower duty somewhere in the (laughs) Middle East. (laughs) And you're cool, man.
2: (laughs) Mad cool.
1: To take us out,
3: we actually have an War rock track. Not just any Adam Warrack track. This features Int-80 and Beefy, and you're like, oh, I know, this is Nerdcore. You are incorrect. Adam, would you like to introduce this track? Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the the future right now.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, by the time this comes out, my new album would have dropped February 13th. It's called You Dare Call That Thing Human, (laughs) which is a reference to a very, very specific comic book panel. You can name it. Congratulations. You are, very, you are as much a comic book nerd as I am. So I reunited the crew that did the Nerdcore C-O-R-P-S remix for my EP. It came out last year, so we decided to get together and do another trio track. It's me and AD of Dualcore and Beefy doing a song called MLF, which is not MILF, which I'm sure a lot of people will think it is when they see the track list on the back. It stands for Mutant Mutant Liberation Front. Hey, man, I just see what I want to (laughs) see. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would want us to make a song called MILF. Why don't you do it? (laughs) Maybe we should. April Fool's Day, man. (laughs) But uh, it's called Mutant Liberation Front. That's a group of villains from X-Force. It's just me, Beefy, and 80 uh, rapping over uh, Sinister Beat. Nice. Awesome.
3: Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This, this very, double-decker, two-parter. Very prime episode. Yes.
1: By I'm Hex. Triforce Mike. Cap. And I'm Adam Warrock. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Please enjoy this wonderfully fresh, brand new, straight from the future, Adam Warrock track.
0: Slapping a paddle ball because I'm bored of all that life has to offer, and so I called up Beefy and told him these super rappers gotta get it. And 80 was hacking right in the internet. It's the sickest veterans assembling, with the genus infecting y'all with the legacy virus. There's no antidote I remember. Now you on the mic and you're caught and put a spike if you ain't down with the stripe that i'm rocking within this life i wreak havoc and all the sky, summers in my life pretty boys with shades on when it's darker than night yeah call me a freak i'ma freak you on the beat i'ma leave you on the street with my cleats stuck in your teeth we used to be the nerd corps accepting applications now we're criminals this out we meeting liberation we are the mlf the Mutant Liberation Front, giving y'all exactly what you want. Cause we're in on the hunt, recruiting the angry youth, arming them with the truth and our crew is on the run. We are the MLF, the Mutant Liberation Front, giving y'all exactly what you want. Cause we're in on the hunt, recruiting the angry youth, arming them with the truth and our crew is on the run. We fuck it up like X-Force, never go
9: to battle in a ride with less than four doors, because we roll deep, plus we got some rep, you super group, you're doing nothing except for losing my respect, huh? Yup. We striking at your empire, striking for a little, but it's known that I can rain fire. So had to make it happen on the temple, never rusty. David, go against the beat. That vote so hot as kamikaze, I don't front my friend to liberate. You can tell your politicians I'm a terrorist, and go ahead, I'll sit and wait. Then I'll just crap myself, a plan, a little scheme to move the plot, and you could try to be the hero. Come and show me what you got, it's absolutely nothing, bro. Hear what I'm saying, though? Sorry, tried to tell you so, but never should go toe to tell you with the M.O. left to steal your breath and all your cash away. More than a disaster, yo, these rappers are a travesty. Say it to my face. Call me a
0: mutie again. Come on. We are the MLF, the Mutant Liberation Front, giving y'all exactly what you want, cause we're backing on the hunt, recruiting the angry youth. Arming them with the truth And our crew is on the run We are the MLF The Mutant Liberation Front Giving y'all exactly what you want Cause we're backing on the hunt Recruiting the angry youth Arming them with the truth And our crew is on the run Sound is so benign With our propaganda rhetoric Gathered up the troops Modified by our geneticists We used to come in first At the top of every tourney board Now we come around With the sound you never heard before Started with the nerdy core it with the dirty score Amplified our power level Exponential 30 more With the burly force. In your sturdy door, toxin overclock and prematurely start an early war. The natural response, the answer to the call. Destruction past the glass, push back against the wall. Power to the people, so we handed it to y'all. Lucrative, the future is assumed so we want it all. Behold a new confusion, Duke the few illusions. These true crude humans foolishly hoping the new solution Eyesight shine bright, proving a few lumens. Crude and doomed union rebuking the new we are the mutants. The Mutant Liberation Front Giving y'all exactly what you want Cause we're backing on the hunt Recruiting the angry youth Arming them with the truth And our crew is on the run We are the MLF The Mutant Liberation Front Giving y'all exactly what you want Cause we're backing on the hunt Recruiting the angry youth Arming them with the truth And our crew is
13: on the run Hey fandom, it's me, Aaron Holland And I... Um, the number two big shop in Orlando and I hired Michael Pandell which was the best decision I ever made <laughs> I want to uh, thank uh, you, you all for listening Nerdy Show is uh, brought to you by a comic shop Nerda Palooza and the Ovido branch of Play and Trade <laughs> if you have questions and comments or complaints please feel free to send them to info at nerdyshow.com <laughs> Feel free to listen to more episodes of Nerdy Show at nerdyshow.com or the iTunes store by searching for Nerdy Show.
7: Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Nerdy Show. There, I did it without being racist. Are you happy? I'm Aaron Holland and I'm a racist. <laughs>
2: that wants to be a rapper, a successful rapper, to be like, 95% of you don't have the stomach for it because it is a hellacious... Like, amount of work and travel. and. I want you to do a video
11: podcast where, like, wherever you're staying, you go and see what's in the fridge.
2: <laughs> oh, man. We, we all had flip cams, but none of us. We were all so tired that we never remembered to use them on the tour. And we were just like, man, we missed so much on tour because we were just, like, dead. And at the end of that, we were just like, I'm not doing anything more. Let's go to sleep.
3: This from uh, the man who released an album while being on tour. <laughs>
2: Which one did I release? No Rest. Oh, those were little five-track things that I... But that was when I wasn't really touring. I was just crashing at people's houses. And that's when I was was house-sitting at someone's place. (laughs) And I figured out how to record through my iPhone's (laughs) headphone (laughs) mic. And... I was like, well, I have nothing to do, and it's Thanksgiving week, and everything's closed, so I'm just going to sit here and make music, because I was bored. I had a whole house get, to myself.
11: And I get an email, and it's like, hey, I used that, uh, that Sleigh Bells Gambino beat that you liked. I recorded it on my iPhone. What do you think? <laughs> And I was like, Eugene, oh, I think you've released nine EPs while I was responding to this email.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do. I'll record a bunch of songs, right? And then I've actually, t- 2012, I'm, I've changed it up very much where I'm showing a lot more restraint. Where, like, I'll record a bunch of songs and I'll email somebody. Like, probably it's probably Kill or Tribe. And I'll be like, hey, man, do you think this stuff's good enough to release... <laughs> and then um, while I'm waiting for them to respond, I go, oh, who cares? Let's release it.
5: <laughs>
8: uh, like, I guess it's
2: good enough. You already released it. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, who cares? Because <laughs> it's like I released those EPs and I've never, ever spoken of them ever again. Like, there's not even like links to it on my downloads page. It's truly like a, you. if you were there. Wow. it's all. That's why I am you know so quick I
3: mean? on the draw with your music. I'm like, yes, 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 yes.
2: Um, but it's so funny Because I actually Released this song On uh, Black Friday I don't even remember What the song was Now that I think about it But this one dude Emailed me like Two days later He was like Hey man I missed that Can I get the song That was on Black Friday And I was like No Because that's the point Of the Black Friday song I was like I'm Really sorry that You didn't get it
11: But You gotta you know. get up At two in the morning And stand And fucking <laughs> lie I was like No
2: You don't get it
7: Like I'm sorry Yeah this is massive But it's I think people Are gonna get their
11: Yeah gonna, yeah yeah You were like What
1: are we gonna do extra This is what we're, we're Fucking yeah, doing it turns extra. Out it's a, it's, okay it's,
7: <laughs>
1: it's a fucking ken burns documentary like, like, honestly, <laughs> no i think we should release
7: it as one 10 hour long nerdy show and just <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is a, a series uh <laughs> this is it's a series called nerd music america's greatest idea and <laughs> we're just gonna cover each artist one by one until we get the end
0: Thank you.